right off the bat, I think this episode deserves a little bit of a disclaimer and a cautionary warning. We end up talking a lot about death. And if that's something that you struggle with, maybe skip this one. Or try to listen to it and challenge that if you can. I think we talk about it candidly but it's a bit hard for us to tell in the moment. Anyway, if you need someone to talk to, reach out. If you have suicidal thoughts, reach out, seek help. It always helps to talk about it. And now, the episode. In ancient Rome, after winning a major victory in the battlefields, the victorious general would be paraded through the streets, idolized and cheered by all. But right behind them for the entirety of the day, a slave would walk with one job, to continuously whisper in the general's ear, Respis poste hominem te esse, memento, memento mori. Look behind you. Remember that you are a man. Remember that you will die. Welcome to Two Thirds Focused. I'm Rasmus. And I'm Rev. And I'm Jan. And I was uninterrupted this time. This is weird. I also realized after the last podcast that I started by saying I'm a sweaty bastard. I never explained why. But of course, it was because I was traveling. <laughs> that, that, and doesn't I had... any, that doesn't need any explanation. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, but I, I realized that, no, wait, there's a good reason. I was traveling and again, I had to run for the train and it was miserably hot in Norway. But that's, that was last week, this like week. Eight degrees. No, it, it's still around like 20-something during today. Ooh. But, but, we had freezing temperatures last night in parts of Norway. Really? Yeah, not, not, not here in Oslo. I think we were down to 8 degrees, maybe 7. But, yeah. How the fuck are you, though? Before we turn into a weather channel. Fun fucking tastic. As always. <laughs> can you, can looks, you try like that it. once more with a bit more enthusiasm? <laughs> yeah, put your heart into it. I I had one of those weeks and I had probably one of like yesterday was kind of like out of a movie and not a good one so I'm starting with last weekend everything was great and fine um, or yeah fun Uh, we had friends over for a barbecue Sunday was pretty relaxing and actually had another friend visiting who just moved back um, from Canada so she came to visit for a couple of days which was nice oh fun fact my sister is still in Canada oh wow (laughs) (laughs) on purpose yeah on purpose okay it's not like she got COVID stuck or something no 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 I think you mentioned that before which reminds me that I mentioned that the same thing before so uh, yeah the rest of the week was basically work and I started taking my bike to work again and that's where the fun started because yesterday morning it was probably like 12 degrees um, my bike started having issues and the and I, I have an e-bike and it's about 45 minutes with the e-bike to work usually yeah it took an hour and 10 because my uh the, it suddenly showed an error on the display and the support was gone oh. so i was basically pushing the bike without support to work or not pushing i was riding it but that fucker is heavy. 
Yeah. Like really heavy. And there's some uphill parts and it's not a fun, like it's no fun at all when you have to, a, a normal bike is fine. Not fun, but fine. But freaking like, what is it? 60 pound e-bike. Mm-hmm. So I arrived at work and it's basically my, my fitness watch just started going off and saying, it's like, wow, you just finished your high intensity training. You're done for today. <laughs> you burned all the calories you needed. And I was just sweating like a pig and I was just going like, oh yeah. Oh, at least I can take a shower because I there's a changing room and I have a key for one of the lockers and I have everything set up so I can shower at work. So I go in there, I turn on the water and I wait till warm water starts and warm water doesn't start. Mm. There's just not warm water. So it was, when I started taking the bike, it was probably like 12 or 13 degrees Celsius, not freezing cold, but pretty cold, especially if you look at the 30 degrees we had lately. So uh, being completely sweaty and then having to take an ice cold shower in the room, it's just, it started with the best of mood. Uh, Stupid question though. Is the, you're not having hot water at work. Is that one of the, uh, energy saving measures that you're no got this now? is um i went up to the, the the guy that managed the facilities and i'm like well i'm all about energy saving but i really would appreciate a warm shower and he's like yeah why didn't you turn on the boiler it's right behind the door uh, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> i'm looking at it, it's like thank you i know that now <laughs> yeah so that was the second part uh, going back, it was the same. I tried to fix the bike. Uh, just basically t- took out the batteries, put them back in, checked all the contacts, with um, cleaned them with some isopropyl alcohol. Like during lunch break, did the whole maker thing and just ripping my bike apart and putting it back together so just I can get home in the evening. Then I went back and the bike, it got a little bit better. But still, I think it's like a cable probably broken inside because the, the arrow says translated canvas arrow, uh, which is like the communication between the motor and the batteries. Mm-hmm. And uh, so by the time I arrive in Essling and I'm almost home, like probably another two or three minutes with the bike, literally, it started pouring rain. Oh, And I mean... It was like a blanket. You only could see like 10 meters. It was just a wall of rain coming down. So from from a little drizzle, I arrived at home soaked. Like there was not a single inch on my body or centimeter or whatever that was dry. There was water running out of my trousers at the bottom, like squilling out of the shoes. (laughs) <laughs> I had to like peel myself out of my shirt because like everything yeah. was just stuck to me. Then I took a hot shower and just thought, oh, like, fuck my life. <laughs> <laughs> that was, oh, of course, yeah, but riding back and I thought I could make it like when the first drizzle started. And so I'm like, well, if I really punch it now, I make it. And that moment the motor died again. Yeah, of course it did. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I felt like in a bad movie. So that, yeah, that was that. And today was mostly a normal day at work. I took the car. So yay. Sensible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, no, it's like uh, during lunch visit, my parents had lunch there. So yeah, I don't know. Like I can laugh about it now. But yesterday coming home, that that was the typical case of anger management. Mm. But enough about me. How about you guys? How was your week? Red? Uh, mine was pretty uneventful. Um, nothing really happened, to be honest. I just 
did what I usually do. So um, work on a project, um, which can be actually interesting to just talk a little bit about uh, about because that's that's will be that will be my first um, resin printed project. Uh, yeah. Nice. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I took the time to play a little bit with the machines that I, I, I got from Elegoo, uh, just to know them and, and try different things, different settings and stuff. And uh, there was this project that I really wanted to do from the very beginning. Uh, like when I started 3D printing with like uh, PLA machines like a long time ago. Uh, but it totally makes sense now to use a resin uh, 3D printer to do it because the resolution is uh, absolutely incredible. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm working on that project. Uh, the design is uh, half mine and half uh, someone else's because I bought a STL file uh, on a website. Because Do that's... you want to tell us what you're making? Yeah, I'm making a chess set. Um, so the, the all the, the pieces of the chess set will be uh, 3D R, 3D printed uh, with the uh, uh, resin 3D printer, and I found. But, uh, but I'm oh yeah, I guess you're gonna say it now. Sorry. Yeah, and I found this perfect STL file of the pieces that I really wanted to do. Uh, kind of fell in love with the design on my mini factory. A, a woman uh, designed it and and is selling. Uh, the file and it's all all the parts are about dragons so the the pawns are uh, small dragons uh, coming out of an egg Uh, the queen and the king obviously are dragons big dragons Uh, the knights are uh, dragons uh, like on a unicorns of some sort what? Uh, yeah, and I've never heard about that type of. <laughs> but doesn't dragons have wings? To, why do they need unicorns? I don't. Is it a battle know. unicorn? Maybe I'm mixing with something else. But no, let me check because I need I, to be P- sure. P- Pegasi. I need. I need to be sure. <laughs> because I I find it weird, or maybe it's like armored unicorns. That my be bad. Fun. No, it they are totally unicorns with uh, wings. Uh, no dragon. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So no have, dragon element. It's it's kind of a mix between a dragon and a unicorn. Because no, it's, it's actually a I think a mix between a pegasi and a unicorn. Yeah, but y- you see, you have the Pegasus? the tail of the dragon uh, as well. So it's yeah, it's a yeah, it's a thing. Uh, it's anyway, a dragon I, unicorn. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, I like it. Um, it's it's really well done, and I'm I'm gonna work on the pieces just a little bit more. And obviously, the chessboard will be made out of leather because, of course, uh, you. Yeah, me. Uh, <laughs> and also because I found at the, at my leather supplier a very very nice piece of white leather. Um, it's probably oh. goat skin. Um, and I cool. I want to draw the board uh, or the chess board on this beautiful uh, skin. So- so you're nice. going to combine it with the laser engraver? No, I'm I'm gonna do that by hand because I have only one hide that I don't want to. If something yeah. goes wrong with the uh, engraving, um, the hide is uh, fucked. Basically, uh, I have to remake it, which is not a problem. But but I I just have to throw away um, the hide because I can't use it for something else. Um, so that's I'm, fair. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I. 
trust my leather workers laser worker skills more than I trust my laser engraving skills, so to speak, at the moment. Um, so yeah, that, that that's the best. I'm, I'm, can can I'm, you do a, like a second layer on the other side and like imprint dragon scales in it? Um, so maybe, it looks like a dragon hide? May, maybe, that's Ooh. actually a super cool idea. I like that. Fuck you. I'm glad you had two days of work to my work, project. Like sprinkle a little bit more on there. <laughs> uh, I'll try. I don't know. I'll, I'll see. I'll see if it's feasible or not. Because if I put the dragon scales on the back, it could be super nice when I roll it because it would look like a dragon skin, as you said, but also it wouldn't be completely flat and, and it could make the game difficult to play uh, because the pieces could um, not stand like very uh, straight so yeah but it's an interesting idea in fact yeah thank you that's the project i'm working on uh, there will be the paint to do and everything but yeah i'm i'm excited by the project because well i like chess sets uh, and punching microphones and punching microphones again again yeah yeah <laughs> i like that i want i want to surround myself with a lot of chess set boards and and chess set i thought games, you said so. punchable microphones but uh, okay. oh, the, also that <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, other than that not much uh, the kid get back got back to school today uh, it was his first day uh, he was happy and and i was alone uh, for the first day uh, which was kind of weird after more than two months of holidays he's still going to his old school because yeah. you moved far enough away that he might have been going to a new school or how yeah, was that he, he could go to a new school but from what i've heard the new school uh is is shit uh it's it's not good it's uh, french or it's french no, it's, shit it's it's um it's really shit i've i've okay got really bad feedback from other parents uh, about the, the the surrounding schools so um and it's it's the second one he's going to so when he was a, a, a baby uh, he's still a bit my baby but when he was baby he was going to a first school who was that was really really bad and and there was uh, problems uh, every year not with us but in the school so at some point we decided to change the the school. He go, went there for the four first year, so the, mm -hmm. the kindergarten and the preparation year. And yeah. when he uh, actually started uh, primary school, we switched for a better one. Uh, we turned out that turned out to be a better one. We didn't know at the time, but it's actually a really good school. And now he has friends, and they are doing a lot of activities and the. The mentality of the teachers and the school in general is really good and really uh, red approved. Yeah, red approved. <laughs> uh, <laughs> red approved. It, it they, they really think about the children, and yeah. they really think about the benefit, uh, the 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 beneficial influence that they can have to uh, on the kids, which was not the case in the previous one. It, the, the the teacher in the first one was just like. Tired and probably a little bit lazy. So yeah, yeah the second one and, is way better. And I bet the kiddo is really happy that he can stay with like his friends as long as exactly. it's for you guys, like not yeah, getting yeah, yeah. put out of a class and having to meet new ones. Especially if he's like, how old is he? Like nine or ten? He's eight now. Eight. He's okay. Eight. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that's that. That's a good time to like just stay there and like. Absolutely, with the you can. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm not completely opposed to the idea of him uh, switching for a different school, but 
um it's probably the same system in in both of your countries guys but you have four years in primary school so i think yeah. it's important to stay with your friends for the four years and when you switch to a different level when you enter uh, middle school or high school that's the best moment to to, to switch yeah. for a different one yes exactly. you will lose friends lose friends but you will make new ones and it's a different environment and so it's, it's accepted kind different. of because everybody knows it's for four years yeah exactly so now he's yeah he's in a good school he's a, apparently a good teacher there are only 22 in the classroom uh, which is very uh, a very small number compared to other places where there are 25 27 or even 30 kids which is like insane when you think about it uh, so 22 is a really good number he seems happy he has friends he's, he's cool so so yeah and it was his uh, how how do you call that? It's not birthday. It's when you celebrate the name of someone on a yeah, particular day. Name day. Name day. It, yeah. Is, is At that least in Norwegian, that's what it's called. Okay. Yeah. So it was his name name day uh, yesterday. So he got uh, fish. So now he, we have a, a, a tank with a living organism inside, like shaped as a fish. Ponyo, exactly. Yes. <laughs> and, and we hope he, he doesn't die in the upcoming weeks because it's going to be a real tragedy if we find out that he died I mean, during the uh, night. Good tip, by the way. Just put alarms on your phone, like yeah. fish, and just give it some kind of daily count alarm thing and just like, there's a fish in the house. And it's like, oh, yeah. shit, right? Yes. Yes, <laughs> yes. And, and, and think about it, that poyo means like feed the fish and not watch a Ghibli movie. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's right. So like, Ghib- Ghibli, Ghibli. Oh, I don't know what it means, but hey, I feel like watching one of those movies now that I think about it. So now the the kiddo is on top. He's like watching it very closely and feeding it uh, in the morning before, just after he, he wakes up. So that, that that's okay. Cool. But it's been yeah yesterday and today. So hopefully it will go on like that because I remember when I was a kid probably the same age uh i had a uh, uh, goldfish for about two weeks uh and at some point i decided that oh he looked hungry so i decided to feed Over- him overfeed him with pasta um dry, dry <laughs> pasta and oh. he, obviously he died because he probably <laughs> like it Warm. ate a, 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 sm- a small piece of uh pasta and with the water it doubles in size so it <laughs> probably exploded from the inside <laughs> um, oh god oh no so, yeah that's that's dramatic but you learn you you live and learn so now yeah. i know it, that's not something that you do with goldfish I, I, that, yeah. that reminds me like um twofold though like uh give 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 your child a pet just sort of development developmentally mm-hmm. is a really good thing or mm-hmm. uh any kind of pet because they learn to take care for something else they exactly learn the responsibility and all of that mm-hmm. but also if you are so unlucky that the pet dies early they learn yeah. about loss and how to grieve and deal with all of that that's exactly why we do it yeah uh for both reasons like responsibility yeah. and and being confronted to death so yeah, yeah. Uh, it reminds me we had this uh, fantastic commercial in Norway. I think it was originally about a milk commercial, mm-hmm. and the, the premise was just like keep it stupid, simple kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And the, the, in, in the commercial, the family had a fish, yeah. and the fish had died. And the mom is just trying to explain away and do all of these things of oh, he's going to the big pond in the sky and like spending 
ages trying to explain carefully the concept of death to the child mm-hmm. and big sister walks in and saying what's up and and he just turned like saying like the fish died <laughs> and it's like it was delivered with such like casual uh pointedness yeah, it was funny. so brilliant and it, it and that was the premise like that don't overthink it just just yeah it. yeah it, it can be very simple to i, I mean i rem- i don't remember what it was exactly about but um the, my kid when he was like probably four asked me a very difficult question for a four years old four years old kid uh, the kind of question that you try to answer like uh, with caution and and like prepping his mind because you think it's going to be uh, painful and sad for him and so I try to answer not bluntly but directly uh, and he was like okay and that was it because mm-hmm. yeah, kids don't overthink stuff it's it's they learn about life when they have a question uh, they have an answer and that's it. They accept the, you, all the background thinking that you have with that kind of stuff. It's grown-up stuff. It's not kid stuff. So, yeah, the fish died. Okay, he died. Uh, just stay simple with that. We have we have a joke like that uh, um, about the the cat of a kid that were was killed by a truck. So they try to explain that to a kid by saying that you know your your cat likes to to go on the roof and play with the ball and the ball fell from the roof and ended up rolling down the street on the road so he ran after the ball and the truck came and and died and the kid was like okay and how is grandma you know grandma likes to go on the roof and play with the ball (laughs) (laughs) and that kind of stuff so yeah Mm-hmm. Just be simple with kids. I mean, they they understand much more than you think, uh, especially when they are like between four and six. I think, at, from my experience, at least. What about you, Raz? How was your week? Thank you for asking. Uh, it's been interesting. I I've been up at the old farm this weekend, uh, both celebrating my dad's sixtieth uh, birthday, the sixty sixth birthday. Happy birthday! Yeah, uh, happy birthday, yes. he, Again. He's not listening. Yeah, I don't care. He has the feeling of it. Maybe. I send good vibes. Uh, he doesn't care. Okay. <laughs> well, but uh, also uh, sort of checking up on him because three weeks ago he got uh, operated for colon cancer. Yeah. Yep. And uh, it's one of those interesting times of realizing that, oh, mortality. Right, yeah. that's a thing. Uh, luckily, uh, he, he ended up like it's seemingly at the whim to realize that oh, this thing that everyone is talking about, I should probably have done that now, and realizing that oh yeah, here's the, here's probably something, and then realizing yep, that's a little bit of cancer. Um, luckily, it it was so far a little bit of cancer, and he's had one surgery, seems to have gone all right, and he'll have a checkup in another two weeks or something to see yeah. how it's gone. But one of those things that happened. And then on Sunday, I got a message saying that my uh, step-grandfather died of as well. Damn, that's a heavy week for you. Uh, yeah. A little bit, yeah. And, and to top it all off, uh, I talked to my mom yesterday and she said that, oh, my nan fell, that my nan that I'm living with, and her back is hurting now. No. I'm like, when did this happen? Like a week ago? And I was like, I didn't even notice. And she was like, yeah, no, she fell 
opening the door for the help for the for the for the aide to come and help her. And because of dementia, she didn't even tell the aide that she had just fallen. So she spent a couple of days just walking around hurting before <laughs> anyone asked. Wow. Uh, yeah. Oh, so, that sucks. Yeah, inter- really interesting sucks, yeah. couple of weeks. So far, everything seems to be... I mean, she's 93. It's as fine as anything can be when you have a fair bit of dementia and are uh, old, just that old. So. Yeah. It still sucks. But, Yeah. Uh, that being said, uh, it's always wonderful being up at Old Farm, cuddling to polar bears and getting yeah. absolutely stuffed with my stepmom's uh, wonderful cooking. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm not complaining about anything. Uh, and of course, like we spent, I spent a usual amount of time trying to dodge logs. My dad was toss- tossing at me <laughs> uh, and fixing a, lot, lot, a couple of things around there. And yeah, the, the usuals of taking care of an old farm, I guess. I mean, nice. not cool for all the bad news, but cool that your father can still throw logs at you <laughs> four days after an operation. Oh, like you know, he's absolutely insane. Yeah. Um, I, I, like, the day after operation, he texted me and saying, like, everything is fine. I've, uh, he, he's, he's uh, started a dojo up uh, up there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, like, texted me, like, so I've, I've done, like, 500 like of these exercises, from these exercises, and I did five hundred uh, yaksuki from bed. Don't tell my wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't tell anyone. Oh. Don't tell the doctor either. <laughs> yeah, and uh, he, he he then of course comes home and like everything is weird and new. Like, uh, and he he has this um, what's it called? The drainage things you got up uh, up your bladder to actually take everything away because like they cut the muscles uh, away, so he can't yeah, actually yeah. close anything up. So. Uh, he doesn't let it stop him. He just was out there building a new stone fence uh, two days after operation. And yeah. he then went for a hike and like he told his doctor, uh, or when, when he had to check with the doctor, the doctor asked like, so what kind of exercise are you doing? Oh, I, I walk till I get tired. And the doctor says, that's good. And then I walk back home, my dad says. And, my, <laughs> and the doctor goes, yeah, uh, about that. <laughs> so 20 kilometers in that direction, through the mountain. And when I get tired, I, I come back. Well, Something like that, yeah. Wow. Um, Walking with the dogs and everything. So oh, twenty kilometers. Yeah, only twenty kilometers because I built a stone fence before that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so in interesting times. Yeah, I bet. But that's that. That's that's about my week. The rest is just hitting hammers or hitting metal with hammers and having fun in the forge with. Can toys. I ask probably a stupid question? But mm-hmm. um, you said mortality. Is that something that you have? Um, thought about before like not especially yours but the, your parents death yeah or is uh, that something that you have to confront yourself uh, now because of what's happening no I, I think in my head I've written my dad's obituaries probably five times okay uh, Be- just for because specific reasons or, or? No, he's an alcoholic and he his, his body like he's living on stubbornness and old habits. Like uh, okay. he, he has, uh, I think I mentioned before, like he's replaced both of his knee joints and a hip joint and he's yeah. operated uh, his one arm for carpal tunnel syndrome at some point. Mm-hmm. And like living with, he's been living with chronic pain since uh, a parachute accident he had in the army in his early 20s. Wow. 
that, that, yeah. that which is what messed up his knees in the first time like landing in a tall pine and having his knees twisted 180 both of his knees twisted Ooh. 180 degrees <laughs> yeah uh and then getting a bit of operation for that then walking on ice falling on his knees and ruining that operation afterwards and a couple of other mishaps and but he's okay. he's always been the kind of guy who uh he will work out until he throws up and then start to dial it back from there yeah so he's been living his whole life just pushing uh, limits yeah yeah, and yeah. Li- also living with chronic pain which has led him to alcoholism because he's self-medicating with that and he's, he's still doing that okay. which absolutely is not a benefit when you also have colon cancer so yeah wow okay so well, yeah, yeah that'll do it <laughs> yeah um so not not to go too far deep into that then, but like um my my dad has always been really old in my eyes, even though he was 36 when I was born. Yeah. Uh he his body was never able to like be on the floor playing with us. And he yeah. was his he was gray already in his late twenties, which considering the stress on his body with all of the accidents and operations before that, maybe not that shocking. But also uh I I have gray hairs already, and my middle brother has a lot more gray hair than I do. But he, and you're yeah, still but, a baby. Yeah, but like Steve likes to say, I'm 12 still. So. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Okay. So there's some kind of genes in there, but it doesn't bother me. What's the topic for today? <laughs> <laughs> no, no yeah. segue, no the, nothing. So, yeah. yeah, I was I was actually thinking about it, and I thought it's like maybe maybe it is like we could push that topic a little bit forward or like extend it since we already touched up on it and i mean this week has been pretty much mortality has been the topic of this week with uh, a lot of people dying like gorbachev for example mm. yeah so there, there's been some names there's also um yeah there, there, there's been a couple lately let's put it that way are you checking the news now to remember no 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 no, they made, yeah, you're, you're right, Jan. Uh, they, I don't remember what, is that Pakistan that is, is flooded at the moment and a lot of people Oh, died yeah, they had a before. flood that's where a thousand people have died? Or yeah, one of the thousand. Yeah, that's, exactly. that's what they say, but like, I think, what, how many millions have lost their home? Like 10 millions have lost their home? Yeah. yeah. Oh, they probably fuck. still counting. Yeah, that's the one third of the country is underwater at the moment, from what I've heard, and and more than ten thousand people up, uh, have died. I think. I mean, that's uh, that's terrible in every single way. Yeah. But it's also kind of sad when like there's all those. It, it's it's no good way of making this joke. I'm sorry. It's it, it's really insensitive of Pakistan to hoard all of the water and cause a flooding when there's drought in the rest of the world. <laughs> <laughs> or it's like red trying not to laugh. No, yeah. it's like no, that, I, no I, 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 I like that kind of humor, but I, I thought we were going like serious about this for a moment. So I was like, no, mm, we can't can- talk seriously about this. That would just be depressing. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, sure. That, that is Absolutely. true. That is true. But I've seen the pictures. That was depressing enough. Like yeah, yeah. the, yeah. the yeah. moving it's pictures. Yes, so have I. Which is and humor is a defense mechanism. And I know it's a Absolutely. tasteless jokes. But no, no, but you're you're right. Uh, we 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 talked about that last time we we had a class together, and and the the conclusion of the short conversation that we had with was that we can laugh about everything. Every topic can be of a, 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 a laughing matter, but uh, there is a place and a time, and also people that you can laugh uh, about a certain topic with. Uh, I think we are, we are we are between friends, and I I I, I really 
uh, think and hope that the people listening to us and our nonsense have the kind of same uh, humor that um, and and they will understand that the, we are not laughing about people that actually died, but the um, so-called phenomenon of death, like yeah, you, yeah. you, you that, that's that's as you said a coping mechanism, and that's very important that you stay detached at some point um, f- from death and yeah. and not take it too seriously when you don't have to. Obviously, when something happened to you, to your your beloved one, your family, or something that someone that you know. Uh, you will take it seriously. You can also have compassion uh, towards people that are dying at the other side of the world, uh, but it doesn't mean that you 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 can't laugh about stuff like that. Because otherwise, every topic uh, would get banned or forbidden to be uh, laughed about. Not to the surprise of anyone, we Germans even have a word for it. We call it Geigen humor. Yeah, the gallows humor. Gallows humor. Oh, there's a direct translation for that. Yeah, I didn't know. It's the exact same word in Norwegian as well. Okay. Okay. Which is lucky because that's like that. That's the few words in German I know is when they are literally the same in Norwegian. <laughs> is that specific about death, or is it just something like like the dark humor? I think it, it's not dark humor in itself. It is. It, it's. No. It is playing with death, isn't it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. because it's it, it's called gallows humor. Like if you're up in the gallow, the kind of humor you have for like fuck it all, basically. Okay. Okay. I I think my I think. My, my my dad had the definitional joke of gallows humor is when you are walking up to the gallows and you're giving the middle finger to the tax collector. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's that would be <laughs> like that. Yeah, I like yeah. that. I, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but if we're going to talk about this, um, I mean, it's a difficult topic to 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 tackle, and and I I hope people will understand we uh, our point of view. Um, it's also um, a topic dear to me, so to speak, because I, I spent a uh, few years uh, actually confronting myself to uh, that topic <laughs> for okay. my for you, my you research. You had a dissertation, but was it a PhD or it what was kind of degree kind my, of thing was it? Uh, my master degree, my oh, the, okay. the, the year after my master degree and my PhD, the, the these three... Um, dissertation that I had to to write and and to present to uh, my peers, peers or teachers, uh, whatever you want to call them, uh, to the jury uh, was actually were actually about death and suicide and violence. So that was the the main topic, and and obviously uh, violence leading to uh, suicide and death, uh, like the the death that you inflict to yourself or to other people. Um, and I can tell you that after working on that topic for like, phew, I don't know, maybe nine years, I guess. All, oh, wow. All, yeah. Well, that'll uh, leave a mark. It leave a mark, absolutely. Uh, so it's it's something that I try to uh, stay away from at the moment. But I know it so well that I, I probably, uh, I mean, I, no, I, I don't want to, to sound... Uh, like I really know topic, but that that's been my my research topic for nine years. So uh, I've I've lived into <laughs> in books uh, about suicide and death uh, for for a very long time. So I I don't want to say that I I know it all, but I I know enough to probably have a different point of view compared to other people mm-hmm. on, on that on that matter. But um, 
yeah, I try to stay away from it as much as I can now because I, I've, I've had enough, <laughs> so to speak. Um, but it was like theory and it's, it's completely different when, when something happened into your life, in your life, and you have to confront yourself um, to death, which yep. is... Uh, which can be painful, but also uh, from a purely uh, sociological point of view, uh, people tend to to see death as something bad because it's been it's been um, taught so. Like death is something bad bad that happens to you. Uh, it's not always the case in in the sociological stu- studies you have um, uh, what's called the good death and the bad death. And the good death would be um, what happens to you or, or someone um, when you are very old and you are dying in your sleep. That's a good death. That's the quote-unquote pen, penless death. Yeah, it's sort of the, you have done, you've done it all, you have lived your life. Exactly. And it's not a traumatic end. Yeah, you got a good life. It's like penless. You're sleeping. Uh, it doesn't take too long. It's like within five, ten minutes, you're, you're, it's instant death. So it's a good death. Nobody's suffering. Nobody sees you suffer. And, and the past is here to testify that your life was full and interesting. And so you, yeah, it's your time. Your time has come. That's basically it. And there's the bad death. And the bad death is always... You die too young, you have a terrible disease, you suffer for a long time, you get killed, you die in an accident, and all all the different aspects of death that we see uh, every day in the news. So people are, are less used to the good death now because people tend to die in a hospital, uh, whereas 50 years ago and 80 years ago, people uh, still use... Uh, still died uh, at home surrounded with the fam- by the family with the family uh, and now the the old people are pushed into retirement homes and and uh, hospitals and they die mm-hmm. there nobody's there to take care of them because everybody's busy everybody's working so um, yeah it makes sense in the, in this crazy modern world but we've pushed away death um, out of our lives and and Death is and always will be part of our life. And it's not something that happens to you. It happens to be, uh, and that's also something that is very misconstrued most of the time. Um, death is not the opposite of life. It's the end of life. Uh, it's the opposite of birth. Uh, and all these um, thoughts are so deeply... Uh, carved into people's mind nowadays that bad death is bad death doesn't happen uh, within your uh, family circle doesn't happen at home you don't have to see it you don't want to see it it's painful that people are um, afraid of death which is not a good thing because we will all get there so we should um, stay used to the idea of us and people that we love uh, dying uh, at at some point. Obviously, the later the better, but at some point. Mm-hmm. 
Red, let me ask you that because you just went on about um, or you, you told us that you worked on it for nine years. Yeah. What was your personal lesson you took from it? Like, because at one point you have to reflect on yourself about yeah. it. Are, are um, you okay to talk about that? Like, yeah, what, sure, what sure. was your feeling about that? I, sp I spent a long time uh, thinking about suicide. Not not for me, like studying suicide, obviously. Um, the, the reason being that when I was in high school, uh, no, I was in middle school at that time. I was in middle school, last year of middle school. A friend of me uh, called me uh, and she told me that she had swollen pills and so she was dying in the next minute. So uh, I had to contact a friend um, uh, living next to her to send her and to contact the firefighter to go and to save her life. So this, I, I probably talked about it in the podcast before. Yeah, you um, mentioned it uh, half, six months ago or maybe yeah. longer. Yeah. Uh, that, that event probably um, uh, uh, hit me so hard that I, I had when I, I was an adult and I was the mm -hmm. opportunity to um, do research about it, I had to try and understand why people still commit suicide. And the more I tried uh, to understand, the more I realized that suicide has always been here throughout uh, humankind history. It's something that always happened. It's a taboo. Nobody wants to talk about it, but it happens in all culture in all civilization uh, at all times uh, since the very beginning of humanity uh, people kill themselves in different way, um, ways obviously for different reasons obviously but it, it's something that happens and nobody talks about it uh, to the point that when people do commit suicide it's like oh it's a tragedy because you know that you can't avoid talking about the fact that they kill themselves and if you can, or if they can, uh, some people try to hide it and say, oh, it was an accident, or it's like sudden death, and you don't really know what happened, but it, it it's most of the time a suicide. Um, so yeah, I, um, this event when I was younger probably triggered that uh, interest in uh, suicide and it extended to, to death because um, what I... What I um, retain for for from all these years of studying that difficult subject is that it's a difficult subject you don't um, confront yourself to that kind of topic without getting hurt at some point because it will imply seeing uh pictures and videos and and like the real stuff uh times and times again uh, and people are very, very inventive when it comes to killing yourself. If you, uh, I know I'm not gonna go into that. <laughs> yeah. Um, it it would be a bit too dark. But yeah, um, um, it extended to um, the idea how people deal with death now, which is very interesting topic because, uh, at least to me, because you can see that. Um, the, the reaction uh, that people tend to have throughout our history is very different. different. Uh, it was, death was something that was part of people's life and has always been till probably the 60s. And after the 60s, it totally changed for we don't want that anymore. We're going to hide it. We're going to 
somebody has to uh, to take care of it instead, uh, uh, and and we we won't anymore. And was that a part of the transition then of it being less of a family care thing and being yeah. pushed out to hospice? Exactly. Yeah, and then everything in that end of it, so to speak, being a bit more industrialized and sterilized from normal people exactly yeah exactly uh, uh, w- with the development of of uh, modern countries more hospitals more um, uh, retirement homes uh, like people it's basically people going to to work don't have the time to take care of the family anymore and especially from uh, take care of the elderly so the elderly has to be have to be put into um, homes for someone to take care uh, of them and so they die there and they die in the hospital and therefore it's not the job of the family anymore to take care of the people dying uh, which is a shame. Obviously, we are talking about uh, we are we are making generalities. We are we are uh, going to the big numbers, and and the, there is a lot of specific cases that uh, are not taking into account. Um, but yeah, people are are not taking uh, care of their dead anymore. Like just the the simple fact of washing the body of someone that just died in your family was something throughout history and in many cultures uh, reserved to female. The, the women of the family were yeah. doing that alone and together. And the, the grandmother, the mother, the daughter, they were all doing that together because that was their quote-unquote job. And um, I guess at the same time, the men were digging the grave or exactly. putting the casket together. Yeah, or they were taking off care of other stuff. But they are they all the family and the relative and the friends were taking care of the dead, the person that had died, because it was part of life. Where everybody was here when uh, a baby was born and everybody was here when uh, someone was gone, uh, basically. And this sense of community, the people living together are just disappeared uh, in many modern countries now it's like hospital and and nurses and and uh, um, corners are taking care of all of that and the consequence is that people don't want to uh, confront themselves to death anymore to the body to what it really represents and what it means which which is kind of obvious because it is very painful and traumatic it is a difficult topic and it a difficult is. experience to live through uh, but I, I'd, I'd like to just take the conversation a little bit further. Mm-hmm. Would you want to live live forever? Uh, so j- just just one thing. Uh, you, you're absolutely right. It's painful, but it's also very beneficial because it, it helps you to get closure. To see someone that you love uh, like uh, dead or... Uh, be put in a in in a casket or being uh, put in a in in tomb. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, is, all, all it, of that is the closure is, of that. It's not sure I'd like the word closure for it. Although every, I know everybody uses it. To me, it feels like it's a bit more therapeutic. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you, sure. you, it's the community thing of being together through death, and. Uh, the action of like cleaning the body and building the casket and digging the grave mm-hmm. and having the ceremony like we need that ceremony I think to mentally prepare ourselves for a world without that person anymore 
Absolutely. I, that, I don't that's think what you I get... call closure, but yeah. Yeah, I, I don't right. think, yeah, but I don't think closure is the word for it because... It's just, uh, no, it is. It is closure. I, I'm not, not so not sure. A com- not a complete closure, but it, it sets a line beneath. I've seen it so many times just within the last couple of years with like parents or friends dying. Um, I mean, it's still going to come back to them once in a while, but they are... Usually, if someone dies, it's never like prepared or planned. Oh, it of happens. course, of course. So this one, it's like it's stress. It's like everything leading towards the funeral, and then at the funeral, it's usually where the realization really hits, and it's just a really, really important step. It's not a complete closure, but it's just that. Yeah, and I guess that's my point. I mean, you never f- finish crying at the funeral. You finish crying maybe years afterwards when you realize that oh. I'm not sad about these memories anymore. And it, that is not to that emotional extent. You miss the times when they were alive. Yeah, but we're not talking about finish crying. It's like some people that can't even start till the funeral. Like for them, the closure yeah, yeah. is basically where they're allowed to let go and start crying and yeah. start processing. I, I guess I just don't like the sound of the word closure then. I think we mean to basically the same thing. Yeah. I, to me, just the word closure means like it is finished said and, and done, done with. No. No, the no, proper no, no. word would be grief, I think. Yeah. And, and that's just, using closure is, is part of voluntary, but that's also part of me uh, liking vocabulary. vocabulary uh, we can blame the French, that's, I'm fine with that. Yeah, you can, you can. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm, fine, I'm fine with that as well. Um, now, the, you, you're right, Jan. Uh, when my grandfather died, I, mm-hmm. with all my, my tears, till the funerals. So for a few days, I was not allowing myself to cry. And, and I just let go when I was in the church the, the day of the funerals. And that's, that's something very important. Um, th- there is also something to consider here is that um, we are dying very late now. Like mm-hmm. we are dying old. And it was not the case a few centuries ago. Um, how medicine, medicine develop, developed um, and helped people to cure um disease that were deadly uh, not that long ago is absolutely absolutely impressive insane and and we yeah. pushed back death till very late but to the point that um when someone was died uh, was dead uh, in their 30s it was an event because it was someone that was working part of the community and, and yeah. doing stuff and being um, involved in the community and in the family now when someone that is 89 or 94 is dying it's been a long time uh, since they've been in contact of the society the real world like the working I, I mean, uh, take, people take and, my nan. So on and so on take my nan in that example like she is 93 i think she's the last of her friends yeah mm-hmm. i mean what does that do to you just on a mental level like granted she has the dementia so like there's there's a bit of iffiness on how aware she is mm-hmm. of all of this in the moment but yeah. that feeling though of realizing being the last one i can either being the last one yeah. or lacking sorry yeah, and lacking yeah. the community around you in the event of a death to help the rest of the people who was involved through yeah. the experience. I can tell a story about that, about my, I think it was my grandfather, mm-hmm. um, which my, no, my, my, sorry, my great grandfather, which my um, mom always used to tell, or was it my grandmother? 
I'm not sure. Like one, one of my family basically told me the story. He was meeting with his friends like every single week at a local pub. And it would be the same round of people that would come every single week. And one died after another. And she said, till he was the last one sitting on the table, he would still come every week. He would still drink his wine with a smile on his face. And he was basically, yeah. ha, I beat them all. <laughs> <laughs> because that was his, just his kind of humor. Yeah. And also to like remember, like keep up the memory of it. Yeah. But um, as far as I understand or how far it was told to me, like he was fine with it. It's just a normal way, like of way of life, basically. Yeah. What's what's the what's the word? Uh, old Lang Syne. For old mm -hmm. times' sake. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 that 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 is. I think it's the oldest English song still being sung or something. Maybe old, not sure. Old Lang Syne. Um. Uh, but you also uh, have um, those were the days. That's also a good old other song just about that topic about gathering it back again and realizing that oh we lost people on the way but yeah. we are still here and we can still remember the good times mm. there's a wonderful movie and i have to talk about the movie because it's not a movie podcast but um <laughs> we just need to <laughs> we need to give jan something to complain about Is exactly <laughs> um, I'm, i'm fine with it you got, <laughs> each of you got one <laughs> um is a wonderful yeah. wonderful uh, japanese movie called okuribito Okay. which uh, literally means uh, the people uh, that send people in death, like... Like uh, the ferryman, you mean? The, the people that are taking care of the body just before the funeral. Uh, what's the word? Coroner? Is uh, that... Yeah. No, mortici morticianary. Morticianary? Morticianary? Yeah. In French, it's stanatopracteur, so but it doesn't really matter. Um, so <laughs> that's that's the, the random the, French word just to yeah. remind people where you're from. <laughs> exactly. Um, no, that's that's a very very important job. That's the people that you call that will wash the body, dress the body, make up the body, and make it presentable for the funerals. Because in 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 many culture, you will pay res your respect to someone that has died, and you will be confronted to the body itself uh, especially in Japan because there is a, a, a ritual and, and, and all of that um, but in Japan for so long um, the people were uh, were directly in contact with death would it be those people taking care of a dead man or dead woman mm -hmm. or the butcher because they were killing an animal or the people yeah. uh, making leather out of the, the hide and skin of animals would be considered as uh, not pure and they would be outcasted by the rest of the society and and this movie uh, that went out in the probably 2007 i i believe we'll put that in the show notes but um kind of gave gave back uh, legitimacy to those people like put them back into the center of japanese society mm. because without without them Uh, uh, the funerals wouldn't happen as they do and family would have to do it and therefore the whole people of Japan would be would become impure yeah. uh, to their very own standards so they they gain back uh, they gain respect back from the society thanks to that movie because it presented the things in a such way that it was like beautiful to see them 
invested and taking care of uh, dead bodies for in order to 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 just present them to the family in a in a good fashion in a good that's, way yeah that's a good point i i, I like that actually that it's a wonderful movie yeah yeah i dare i i mean i challenge you to watch it and not cry i mean it, it you if you do that you are artless, artless bastard I, mean, I just cry that our flag means death. I think I'll cry anyway. Yeah, I think. You will. <laughs> uh, but uh, if if I may go back to the question I tried yeah. to ask, would you want to live forever? No. Good. Ab- Jan. Ab- absolutely no. <laughs> <laughs> no uh, I, actually, I don't know. I never thought about it. I'm more like a realist. This is also why I <laughs> That's don't. That's a very German answer. <laughs> if well, I may, I, 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 I just quickly, Jan, and, and I'll get back to you. Um, I, I wanted to at some point. I don't want to yeah. live forever. Uh, I'm a very, very big fan of the, not the movie Highlander, but the concept of the movie Highlander. Uh, people fighting for absolute knowledge, and and the last of uh, them uh, will will have it. Uh, I'm also a big fan of Doctor Who. And uh, in in one episode, um, he goes to the end of time because someone is still living there. And you, I mean, I would love to have Arya Stark. Uh, yeah, the 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 yeah, uh, good. Uh, uh, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, I would love to live for hundreds of years to see the evolution of mankind, to see where mm. we are going, to see. The flying cars that I've been promised since I was a kid and all exactly. of that. Exactly. Bastards. <laughs> <laughs> but it would also imply that uh, seeing my wife die, seeing my kid die, seeing all my friends die and, and being progressively alone and alone in the world. So, yeah, of course, the curiosity is still there of, of seeing what will happen at some point. But... Um, I think that the the value of life is its limitation. Mm. That if you know that you will live forever, you do, you don't have to wake up in the morning. You don't have to to work. You don't have to do anything because you still have tomorrow, and the tomorrow, the day after that, you will have a tomorrow. But if you don't, because you know that your time is limited, that's when you can um, appreciate life for it for for its worth. I think. I I just recalled, uh, and I need to dig up where i found this originally but someone took the concept of groundhog day and uh they took it a little bit further or back to the original concept when the screenwriters wrote the screenplay for groundhog day they envisioned uh the the phil dunphy character i think is that the name the main character they envisioned that he would be stuck in that loop for ten thousand years well and they wrote short stories to that concept basically depicting some kind of Lovecraftian Cthulhu-like ending to him as a person. Not like mm-hmm. not the world, but he would just be utterly destroyed by the monotony of being trapped in this kind of eternal... Yeah. A super, super interesting concept and very mm. weird. Yeah. Incredible. It, it's been I... done in, in cinema and movies like uh, Futurama is a good example like he, he, the guy has been frozen so it's not exactly the same thing yeah. he's, he's put in the future and, and you see what happens so it, but it, it's kind of the same thing the the, the time machine the countless movie about the time machine he goes yeah. into the future and everything goes to shit mm-hmm. in one of uh, Dr. Zou's episodes he's trapped in a 
prison for billions of years. Yes. But the 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 same the, the the what I get from that kind of movie is that the, all the characters have a, have a purpose, mm. whether it's going back to their time, uh, or just living with the people that they found because they f- fell in love for someone, or they have to accomplish something. So they they still have a goal, living forever like endlessly till the end of time without any kind of goal of purpose. I mean, it would drive any any anyone mad. I'm not. Sure, I'm not sure. I could see, like I kind of can see the romance in that, like the rom- the, the thought of it, mm-hmm. for being something that's like a chronicler, like just writing everything down, just watching history, yeah. how it but, changes, following that. But then that. suddenly you have a purpose. Yeah, you need. I mean, this is that that's gonna turn in in a um, in a discussion about purpose. Of course, you need like if you don't have purpose, if you don't have thrive. You might like. Where is the sense of doing that? You need purpose, but one that is, or one that one purpose that could be is basically just logging everything down, being the person uh, having the knowledge of being the person that watches everything come and go. Like basically, the last one turns out the light yeah, till the end. Yeah. That's why I like uh, Highlander that much because the the purpose that they all have is to be the last one the last one gets the prize the prize is knowledge knowing everything uh or anything about anything so and and the way they will use this knowledge is very different from one character to another you can help humanity and or you can uh, um, like be the ruler of humanity if you have this this knowledge so the purpose of all fighters all characters all I don't want to call them Islander because there is only one <laughs> Islander. Um, but it can only they, be one thousand. Yeah, <laughs> they, <laughs> they all have. They all want the prize for one very specific reason. So that's why I like it. But I, I uh, Jan, what you've said, being the land, the last one that switches the light off. Yeah. Yeah, but how how do you do that? If you are if you are immortal, if you can live forever, when you are the last one standing? I mean, that sounds How just depressing to me. That's yeah, like I, I that's like so. the end of the story. Yeah, I, it would it would get really uncomfortable after that. Let's put it that way, with no one to talk, do it. Like. Yeah. So that for me, it drives you insane. Oh yeah, to be, the, to be just alone and and not dying. I mean, we're not talking about being realistic here because then we don't have to, to think about it. No, sure, sure. Yeah. I, I guess this. It would be interesting. It's like quoting Doctor Who: "Life will find a way." Or no, that would be Jurassic Park. But um, <laughs> death will find a way. No, it's yeah. With Doctor Who, it's just like um, what every time they go into the future, it's always like oh, but every time they fight death, and every time new life develops, and they travel through space and different parts of the galaxy. And I would love to see if that is possible or that could happen. Realistically, it won't. But yeah. I hope it will be the case one day that we can we can explore space. I, I mean, it won't happen uh, in our lifetime. Maybe in hundreds of thousands of years of years, the the technic, the, the the technology has evolved enough for, to allow uh, humanity, more human humans or mankind to go out of the systems, the solar mm-hmm. system, maybe one day, or just communicate with uh, some uh, extraterrestrial 
intelligence. It's not likely to happen before. I don't know. Like, me, me, for my time. part, I kind of think there's enough stuff in this world to keep us basically or keep it exciting yeah. and entertained. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so thank we don't, you for like, saying we that. We don't have to look for the stars for that. Um, what I wanted to say is like, I have, I don't think it's a weird view on death, but for me, it's I don't concentrate a lot on death because I know it's coming. Mm. So it's like there's no sense of thinking about death all the time because I don't know if I'm going to die of age, if I'm going to die of a sickness through an ex. Like they, I, I don't know. And this is why I don't spend a lot of time thinking about it because one can go crazy by thinking, just mm-hmm. being overly careful and thinking too much about it. Yeah. I also don't like I've seen so many things in my life that I kind of like feel comfortable. It's not that I want to die, but I kind of feel like I've marked the a good amount of things of my list mm. and also <laughs> to be completely um honest it's like if i die i don't have to like i don't care anymore like this is not gonna be my problem it's gonna be the problem for everyone around me and this yeah. is one thing that's also keeps me going because i had suicide in my family and within my friends and i know what it does to the ones that are left behind and that's this is more important this is more important to me than what's happening to me so I don't want to see them. Like I could never better thought about uh, Steph having to go th- through something like that with me. So this this alone is something that would keep me going. And um, but yeah, when it comes to death, like it's it's gonna happen at one point. And I kind of egoistically hope that it gets me rather like before my friends <laughs> because I hate going through it. Like I just don't like it. But it's it happened before, and I know it will happen again. And yeah, it's, it's, it's just a very something... practical view, though, to say that I want to die first because I hate funerals. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't have to pay for it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, uh, if I may ask, though, like, when was your first like real encounter with death? Uh, like pets being a valid example, but I, I I'm thinking a bit more in on the fam- family's side of things. No, no the, the, the the first pets that died were last year, uh, the, yeah, the yeah. year before that, the, the tomcats. Like I never actually had, or well, I'm not gonna count the fish, yeah, that I had, just for some reason that never bothered me. That made me more angry about the guy that sold me that fish that killed every single other one in the aquarium by telling me it's fine <laughs> to put him in there. Um, yeah, the um, no, for me it was really I think the the first one. I realized the death of my great grandmother. I think the first death, though, that really got to me was my grandfather here in Germany when I was working over in the US because I was already 22, 23 at the time. I was really blessed that I didn't have anyone in a long time like dying um, of my friends or family. But when my grandfather died of cancer, um, that was someone I've been growing up all my life that I've seen regularly and that I had a really strong connection with. So that one hit me pretty hard. And then coming back, it's, yeah, a few friends, one committed suicide. It's actually best friend of my wife. So that one hit really hard. Um, I didn't have time to mourn of him a little bit because I had to be there for my wife mm. because it, it she got hurt really hard. It took me a couple of years, but still, yeah. 
Yeah, I, w- I would say that. And what actually hit really hard were the pets, because if you spend 15 years with an animal that you see almost every single day and that's around you and kind of like dependent on you, that that really hurts. Yeah. It's, I've never thought about it. that they, And I don't want to put it on the same level as a human because it's different, but still it hits really hard. Um, in my case, I was... Uh, I have a memory of me being at a funeral when I was like probably 10 or 12, uh, but I, I don't remember who it was. So it was probably not someone too close to me, some, someone that I've known. But I remember um, when I was 17 in June, my uh, great-grandmother died. Uh, And probably two months later, my grandfather died. And probably in between, my dog died. So the same summer I was, I had to deal with my grandfather, my my dog. Uh, It was like at home, so it was like the most direct that I've seen my dog my grandfather and my great-grandmother um, death um, and it's um, it was it was very different because uh, my pet was my pet it was my dog it was my first dog and I'm a really I'm a dog guy I really love did, did you say how old you were I was probably 17 at the time oh uh, yeah okay sorry I skipped out for a second <laughs> but but i was the the luck uh so to speak that i had was that i was not present that day when my my dog died so it was all my parents that that i had to uh, take care of him and uh, take him to the vet and everything i was probably out uh, with friends and when i came back uh, yeah I, yeah the die the, the dog has died um, but it was like in between my my uh, grandfather, uh, who I, I was really close to, I really, really loved that that man, um, and my uh, his mother actually. So he he was um, very dear to me. I've spent a lot of time with him when I was a kid, and he taught me a lot of different things. And the last thing that he taught me was you don't die before your mother because he was really, really sick for a very long time. And he waited that um, his mother had died to just let go and and die himself. Um, So it was a very, very strange summer. um, Yeah, I I can't even imagine. What about you, Raz? I don't remember distinctly when uh my dad's mother died but I, I i i i don't recall if i were five or seven or if mm-hmm. i or it was somewhere around there for some reason that wasn't ever really distinct to me i do remember my dad's father dying when i was six mm-hmm. uh, not so much from the funeral because i was six yeah. but like uh that that's like the f- one of them uh and my mother's father died uh in 2003 uh, ironically uh the day after uh the James Bond movie that had the premiere um 
die another day? No. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. I think that, I think it was the day afterwards. <laughs> uh, was it? Yeah. Anyway, uh, I remember that one. This I, I, that one I remember really well. That funeral and everything around that one because I was ten. It was a lot more vivid to me, and I understood a lot more of it. Yeah. Oh God, but, you really are a baby. <laughs> uh, but but uh, also like that was the grandparent I had the most to do with. He was the one who when I when I was like like four years old he gave me an not my first knife when i was six he gave me an axe and he learned taught me how to sharpen them um he's the reason i got into the scouts because he was a scout leader he died uh on a scout trip having a stroke mm. uh, like which is exactly how he wanted to, to go with his hiking boots on in the forest That's uh, a, a bit tro- problematic to find him but um that 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 wasn't uh I, I, that, that wasn't part of the deal, so to speak, but uh, still, how he wanted to go. And I, 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 maybe the funeral I've been told the most about is uh, my dad's aunt when I was four years old. I don't recall much of this, except that we, when we had to go out west, she died in being 97 or something silly. Like, uh, she was a, f- I re- recall meeting her when I was like the year before or something, and like she was still a firecracker of a woman. Uh, but uh, we had she was living out west in Luon, where where his where that side of the family is from, mm-hmm. and we had to take all of these tiny airplanes to go to the local airport to get to the funeral and be there and all of that. And at every single flight, like we me, I think it was only me. I don't think my middle brother was there yet because he would have been two at the time or something. But uh, then I got all of these like small bags of Legos and toys and all of that. So when I got back to the kindergarten and uh, the, 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 care, the, the, the teachers at the kindergarten, whatever you call them, they asked like, so how has it been? How was the funeral? And I managed to say at the age of four, oh, it was deathly awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds like rest typical. But of course, I, I was thinking of all the airplanes and the toys I got. I, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I didn't understand the funeral. Like everybody was sad. Everyone was dressed in black i have met this woman maybe two times before in my life i I mean the funeral part i didn't grasp i understood the concept of it but it didn't get to me uh but yeah uh you're you're right when you're a kid you don't maybe grasp uh the the entirety of a funeral and and what it really means um my son is eight as i said and he's been already confronted confronted to death like twice when my grandmother died and when my wife's uh, grandmother died so the first time he was probably i, I don't want to um he was probably six and the last time he was probably uh eight let's let's say that um when he was six uh i had to tell him that my grandmother uh, died and and he already knew him knew her sorry um and she was the great grandmother that was giving him the chocolate cookie that he really liked so <laughs> yeah. when she when she died um he, he had this awesome um phrase of so uh i won't get any any cookie anymore but that was not about the cookies that was about her giving him the cookie 
yeah so so it was like um, a very light sentence but he, he was dealing with the absence of my grandmother for the first time and the second time when when we buried uh, my uh, wife's uh, grandmother he was very very interested in the hole that was dug into the ground he wanted to see the bottom of it he wanted to have a, a, a real good comprehension of what was happening. So he was leaning over the, the, the hole, just like, I want to see what's, what's at the bottom of it. Uh-huh. Um, and and the, all the adults around him was scared of this fucking hole. It's just a hole. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, so it's a hole in the ground. That's it. Yeah, that's just it. <laughs> and, and, and you see the... Uh, what's the word? Candidness, like the. Uh, it, it was very candid. It was very simple. The the kid mind is very very simple. So you, you when you yeah, someone died. You put it in in a box. You put the box into a hole and you put a stone uh, over the, the hole. That's it. That's yeah. how children see yeah. the thing. And and maybe that's a good thing to do it. That's exactly how to do it. Yeah. Instead of like so. the the complete grief that nobody wants. I mean, you can deal with this in so many different ways, and there is not not a single one that's wrong. Uh, it, it, everything is good as long as you keep in mind that you are still alive, and you have to live to keep on living. Um, when we see death in movies, most of the time the main character uh, gets the news that someone has died. You 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 remember in in, in those movies like oh someone died he's over the phone someone died and he's like oh he died okay uh so he get the news mm-hmm. uh i don't wish to uh anyone that to, to be in the uh opposite situation uh which i had to do with a friend uh announce to someone that someone very close and dear died when i was yeah. in in college i got a phone call very early in the morning from um sister of a friend uh, she couldn't reach her sister because she was already uh, in class and I was living next to the, uh, really close to, to the university. So she called me uh, to tell me that uh, her mom uh, has passed uh, during the night and I n- knew the mom, I knew the whole family. So I had to rush uh, at the university to take my friend out of the class to announce her that she, her mom has died, and it was like nine in the morning. I don't wish to anyone to have to do that one day that because sounds tough. That that was probably the toughest toughest thing that I had to do uh, in my life, like with people's relation and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's it's really difficult, really really difficult to do. But yeah, uh, keep in mind that you're alive, so you have to do whatever it takes to stay that way first. And, and uh, when someone dear to you has passed, uh, celebrate his life and not his, his passing. I mean, drinking, uh, eating, uh, telling stories in his memory. Oh. Our memory is a very, very good yeah. way to deal with that. There, there was, uh, just, just before we go into the focus things, there was a, a rapper recently who died and they had his funeral they didn't have a funeral for him, but they hosted a celebration of life party yeah. with the corpse in the nightclub. 
Oh no. Oh. <laughs> and uh, Mark I'm Tom down Morrow. for a life part here, but not with the body. No, so, so I, I read a lot about this story because, I mean, uh, death has been the topic. It's been on my mind this week. And so mm. this happened to pop up and I read about it. Uh, Markel Morrow, I believe the rapper's name was. And this was exactly how he wanted his quote unquote funeral to be. Okay. He never went to church. He wasn't religious. So his mom and his sisters arranged for him. He was a rapper for his like basically funeral to be at the nightclub he loved with him propped up in a corner looking down at people. He was at stage looking That's at cool. the party. Uh, I don't know if you followed the the Johnny Depp uh, trial a few months ago, but he had to explain. No, I didn't. I had you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was absolutely. <laughs> it was. It was really interesting. Um, he 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 told the story. Uh, I think it was during the trial, uh, or maybe it was before in a TV show. I don't remember. He had to uh, a, a very uh, dear friend of uh, Johnny Depp died, uh, and he was an eccentric, rich, crazy guy, uh, and he asked Johnny Depp to be um, cremated and to be blown uh, in a cannon. So Johnny Depp paid a, a large amount of money to um, realize that that last uh, wish of his friend, and he said it was totally worth it because when you—that's the definition of going with a bang. Exactly, <laughs> and yeah. and and your fr you can live with the idea that your friend died the way he died. So. Second and last example, and it was uh, planned to be one of my <laughs> focuses of the week. I can, I can see you, so, Jan, just want to go to bed. Do you see? No, do you no, see, no, no, no. That's not the segue? case. Do you see the segue? I got another one. One more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it's one one of my focus of the day, so of the week. Mm -hmm. So it works. Okay. It's as mm -hmm. a segue. Good segue. Um, Very nice. Yeah. Very smooth. I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm watching this TV show uh, at the moment. Uh, it's an old one, actually. It's called Boston Legal. Uh, I'm watching it because uh, James Spader is playing in it and I'm a really big fan of uh, this actor. He, I think he's one of the uh, best actors in the world. Actually, his acting is always on top. So anyway, it's uh, about a, a lawyer firm and all, but everything that's happened in it. And there is this friendship between this character uh, played by James Spader and... Um, another character, crazy uh, character, uh, played by William Shatner. Um, and in one episode, they are so close uh, to uh, one to each other that the the discussion is, will you be there to unplug me the day mm. that I need it? And at first, uh, James Spader's character said, no, fuck you. I mean, it doesn't say fuck you, but uh, it, it like... Uh, you translate it to French. It's exactly. Fine. Uh, <laughs> he says, "No, I, I, I won't do it because you're my and and you can read behind the, the the dialogue that no, you're my friend. I don't want to kill you and so on and so on." But a few episodes later, he said, "Yeah, I will do it because you are my friend. So if you need me to do that, and if that's the way you want to go, I'll be there for you and I will do it." And see, it's a it's a brilliant TV show. Uh, it's like light and funny. Uh, the characters are. Uh, excellent, very well played. Um, Shatner is insane. The character is literally insane, but he does that so well, it's worth watching. So uh, give it a try. Few episodes. It, you can probably find it somewhere What's on it the called? internet. It's called Boston Legal. 
Boston it's Legal. Boston okay. Legal. It, it was okay. probably done in the in late um, eight, 90s because Bush was still uh, yeah. president. So like just between the end of the 19s and the beginning of the uh, 2000s, probably. But it's nice. it's it's really good. Very cool. Uh, Jan, do you have one, or do you want me to go? Um, yeah, no, I do. I do have one, and this is actually it's a little bit on the sad side. It's uh, actually it's a German rap band called oh, okay. um, Fettes Brot. And by the time we're recording this, yesterday they announced that they're gonna end their career after thirty years. Oh. Why is that? So for the internationally, they're probably not known. Uh, they just said the story is told. Okay. They've been creating, like they're from Hamburg. They've been creating the German hip hop from the ground up. There's like two or three named bands that's been there from the beginning. And they've been there from the start. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember being like eight years old when their first hit released on a CD like on one of those mixed CDs and it was on every radio station everybody was singing to it and now it's like we've been to many concerts of them and they're giving their basically go away concert tour um in the beginning of next year mm-hmm. I'm gonna try to get some tickets for that because it's gonna be freaking amazing and it's yeah. with one laughing and one crying eye so I hope it's not because of health reason but they look good they released a song and in the song they're announcing that they're basically ending the career, nice. which That's is also fantastic. Nice way to do it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, yeah, it's it's a crying and a laughing. Okay, I hope I will be able to go to the uh, to one concert of the last two of ACDC when they do that. They will probably do it. They are kind of old already, but I hope they yeah. will do a one last tour and they'll be able to to go and say goodbye. Yeah. My focus. Uh, I actually want to do two. And um, some, somewhat on topic for this. One is that if you haven't, you should see the Graham Chapman's eulogy that John Cleese delivers mm-hmm. uh, yeah. in 89, I think it is. I'll, there's a link for it. But that's like one of the funniest and best sort of celebrations of life I have seen probably ever, even since. Mm. Uh, no, I wasn't there. I, I'm too young. We know that. Uh, no, but you have TikTok now. Apparently, I do. But that's not my. That's not. That's not my second thing. Uh, my my second is uh, Eulogies by Ali Ward. She recently had her own father die from some kind of sickness, cancer thing. I don't recall exactly what it's called. Uh, her father died, and she did a catch-up episode with a guest she had on earlier about death and dying which is called uh oh i need to get this right it is uh thanatology being uh thanas being the bigger brother of thanos mm-hmm. whereas Thana- thanas is the god of death in greek mythology thanos is the god of finger snapping which you all know mm. obviously yeah. obviously yeah yeah uh no uh really good conversation just about the whole concept of death dying how people deal with it differently how the grieving process is it's yeah it's a really good listen uh mm-hmm. if you have someone die recently and want help uh, digest it all or if you just want to understand someone you love who have recent experience loss like that so a that bit maybe good. on the heavy side but it's really good 
Yeah. Nice. That probably brings us to the disclaimer for this episode in the end. <laughs> oh, what? Don't let's not say disclaimer, but as always, I mean, since that's been going around dev the whole episode, if you're having issues or you don't feel well, talk to someone, get yeah. help. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, get professional help, but yes. lacking that, uh, we will listen. <laughs> We will be there. If, if I've learned something after nine years of studying suicide, uh, is that you shouldn't do it. So get yeah. help, talk to someone. It's, uh, what, what's, the, what's the phrasing for it? It's a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Exactly. Yep. Which, again, is something my dad loved to say. Uh, <laughs> no. no, that is right. Yeah. Every once, once in a while, he is. Especially when he throws logs at you. But that's fun. If you also want to throw logs at us, you can find us at... (laughs) (laughs) It's it's a good ending. (laughs) Two-thirds focused on any of the mostly social places. And if you want to email us about anything, uh, there's two-thirds focused at gmail.com. There's links in the usual places in the show notes. And you can find me at Rasmus Lewin and Lewinsme.no. Apparently, yes, also on TikTok now, but we don't talk about that yet. No, we don't. And you can find me at theredsmiths.com or redsmiths or the redsmiths on every social media places, platform, stuff, including TikTok. And you can find me on nerdermando.com, which is probably the easiest way because there's links to all of the other socials. Wonderful. Thank you for listening. Thanks, guys. Have a good week. Have a great week. Bye-bye.